Welcome back to another episode of the Hoops Temple podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz, and by now you should know these two fellows as well. Join us from New Zealand, Dylan Williamson. Good morning, gentlemen. And join us from Sacramento, Aaron Schroeder. And good evening. My wife just finished making us dinner. Mine's sitting in the microwave to hopefully stay warm. So uh, we've got an interesting show for you tonight. We are, or interesting show this morning or afternoon, depending on what time I finish editing and what time zone you're listening to this at. Gentlemen, what are we doing? Um, we're taking an opportunity in the bleakest part of the NBA offseason to look ahead um, and and work out some some win totals for the teams next season. There's a lot still to happen. Training camp hasn't even begun. Kevin Durant, who knows what's happening with him. But we're taking this as an opportunity to make a prediction on the win totals for every team in the NBA. See who, who we've got coming out as, as the best and worst teams and who are perpetually mediocre. All right. Before we get started, I just want you guys to kind of walk the listeners through what was your methodology. I know, Dylan, you were explaining something about uh, triangles and rhombuses and, and other theories. You want to walk us through that? Pretty much all I did was, rather than just sort of do it intuitively, I decided to try to bring some bring some math into this. And so there's a, there's a formula that you can use to create expected wins based on net rating. Net rating is, you know, essentially your offensive rating minus your defensive rating. And so all I did was figure out who's going to be the big risers in offense, who's going to be the big risers in defense, who's going to be the same, who's going to be falling, and essentially tried to predict each team's offense and defense. And then that gave me their net rating and therefore a win total and with some surprising results. I, I went with a little bit of a middle ground on this, which I just, I love getting to be the middle ground between you guys. It makes me feel like, <laughs> feel like we got something good going here. Um, what I did was I took last season standings. And then I took two years ago, or no, three years ago and four years ago standings um, to try to figure out how many teams get roughly how many wins. Um, so in, in the past three full seasons that we've had, uh, we've only had three teams win over 60 games. We've had an oh, wow. average. Yeah. Crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we've had an average of six and a third team win between 50 and 60. So that that kind of felt about right. We've had on average 10 teams win 40 games. We've had six teams win between 30 and 40. And we've had just under six win, uh, win between 20 and 30. And then about one team a year wins below 20 games. So I, I tried to keep my numbers in that. And I also tried to restrict myself to the exact number of wins that we could have possibly in the season, which is 1,230 wins. In doing so, I realized that my numbers are probably all going to be the most wrong because when one team has a bad season or one player gets hurt and their team loses 20 more games than expected, all of the other teams are going to win three or four more games. So looking through our numbers, I'm probably going to be the statistical outlier on every team, but I, I like my method. I like it too. You guys are smart people, man. <laughs> yeah, the the um, numbers that you just laid out there really got me. I'm um, questioning my data. I think I've got I've got 20 teams at over 40 wins. So um, my my um, my method is is giving us a giving me a really nice spread. Well, I mean that the number does say that we should have about 17 teams over 40 wins. Just 10 in that 40 to 50 range, which I, I wasn't kind of expecting that hmm. to be be the median ground in there. 
I, I probably should have broken this down a little bit further and done like 40 to 45, but you know, quick moth. All right, we're going bottom to top. Yeah. All right. Worst to best, Eastern Conference. So with an average win projection of 21 wins, we have the Indiana Pacers. I had 22 wins. What did you guys say? <laughs> I also had 22 wins. Dylan, uh, what did Dylan. you say? Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Nate said that there were like, how many, like one or two teams that win less than 20 games every year? There has been three in the three years of data that I looked at. This eventually had to have, you know, someone as the worst offense and someone as the worst defense. And like, they've got this really weird roster of like these mix of veterans and, and young players. Um, and I guess this is kind of a hedge that they are going in one of those two directions. When I was doing this, I just took a look at, well, who is trying to be bad for those bottom teams? And I think the Pacers are going to be are going to be one of those teams. They're still in the process of tearing something down. I don't think they're really done getting worse and they're still bad. Yeah, I've been 100% on my French Hick brings French Vic to uh, Indiana bandwagon. So I, I just don't see them actually wanting to be good this year. I do think a Halliburton-led team could be interesting, um, mm. but it sounds like they want to move off Miles Turner. No one really likes Buddy Heald. Uh, they just lost this uh, TJ Warner. Like, yeah, they gave up Brogdon for nothing. They're probably going to sell off everything for spare parts and shut everyone down at the deadline. So, yeah. And like Aaron said, like a lot of this comes down to who's actually trying to win. And I think that they are potentially the only team in the East that is trying not to win. You know, I, th- I think uh, the other teams, you know, there are sort of some some other teams around here that are sort of indifferent to winning. Um, mm-hmm. but I think that these are the guys that are going to be trying to trying to lose. Indifferent to winning. That is. That's that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. is, that, is that a good segue? It is a great segue. <laughs> so the next team with 23 and a third wins that we projected is the Orlando Magic. Once again, Aaron and I are perfectly lock and step with 25. Dylan, you're the low man at 20. Aaron, what's your rationale for 25? So I wrote down five things for each team. I wrote down who they lost, who they added, who they drafted, their offense and defensive placements last season, and then just a little note. I, I, I All I wrote down for the Magic was lost Robin Lopez and added no one. That's the entire entire script. I mean, they, they drafted Paolo, but this is basically the same team. Yeah. And they were not good last season. I, I will say, like him or dislike him, they did kind of add Jonathan Isaac. In the same way, like Denver added Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. They're, they're getting a guy back that they didn't play last season. It's a great point. My optimism for the 25 wins was that they want to show progress. They're going to shut it down eventually, but I feel like Orlando would like to start the season off strong and maybe like 10, 15 games in be be like still in the playoff hunt, still be like, you know, the eighth seed by the 15 game mark, which is completely irrelevant to anything. But I feel like they're really going to want to get off to a good start to show the fan base that we've got something moving forward. So. I think they'll eventually shut it down, but they're going to pick up some early wins. Last season, they were the single worst offensive team in the league. Do you think that that's going to be the case again this year? Because that was my pre- prediction. I think it's going to be rough for Paolo. I think he's super talented. He's going to be amazing. He might be amazing just to start, but that team just can't score. Yeah, I, I don't see them getting worse. And, and like that's the thing is, last year they won 22 games. I feel like they're going to at least have some some minimal improvements on that. So I, I guess that's kind of my thinking is that 
hey, last year, you know, you're going to have just a little bit of improvement. Um, And I guess, hey, our average is 23. They won 22. So there's your (laughs) your little bit of improvement. They did it. Well, you guys flip flopped these on me. I had the next team as my fourth worst team. You guys both have the Pistons as the third worst in the East. Uh, Aaron, 23. Dylan, 28. I had 31. A combined score of 27 wins. I had 27 wins. Did did I mistype that? It's a bold one. Yeah. All right. 27 wins for Aaron. So they have a combined score of 28 wins. 28.6. No, they are still the worst (laughs) or the third worst team. (laughs) All right. You guys aren't aren't positive on my uh, my Pistons being more exciting for me to watch? They'll be more exciting. They lost Jeremy Grant. They added the Knicks scraps, and they drafted well. They're heading in the right direction, but not next season. Yeah, I mean, they were... Again, like a team that really struggled to generate points last season and they lost their best scorer. I think Kay's going to take another step and, you know, they, they were able to add some nice young pieces, but uh, it's hard to see them just getting points, essentially. Like, who, who, who's their starting point guard at the moment? Ivy. Yeah. R- rookie, <laughs> rookie point guard. Uh, never, um, <laughs> are never great. And, and their backup is Corey Joseph, who's probably like one of the worst offensive point guards in the league. There's still Killian Hayes out there. Can I clear up some confusion? <laughs> okay, there we go. The worst. <laughs> I think I might have confused myself. Is Kemba Walker on the Pistons? No. Where did where did he end up? Um, I believe he's still unsigned. Did they they waived him? Yeah, they bought him out. Okay, okay, but Alec, they they kept Burks and and Noel, correct? Yes. Okay, okay. Burks would actually be a, a pretty decent fit with with um with Cade. Yeah, he's good. The Kings traded for him one time, and they let him walk, and then he was a playoff product, playoff performer for the Knicks the next season for no reason. Just let him go. Yeah, he 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 was a starting point guard on the Knicks for some reason. Yeah, he was good. I mean, isn't that what you're looking for? Is former Knicks? Isn't that the the whole goal of things? <laughs> or former Kings? All right. Well, I, I am excited for the Pistons um, to run out the five young guy core of Ivy, Cade, Sadiq Bay. Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran. Like, if you just put the players' archetypes together on paper, you have a speedster flash guard. You have a do everything shooting guard. You have a knockdown kind of three and D prototype wing who had a fifty point game randomly last season in Bay. You have a bruising physical rebounder in Isaiah Stewart, and then you got a rim protector that like. Feels like it's a very 2000s basketball team that that I would love to watch. So I guess I get what you're saying. I kind of I maybe undervalued losing Grant. That's going to hurt more than I, I took into consideration. Yeah, I mean he wasn't like that amazing for them. You know, like he put up some numbers, but he wasn't. He, yeah, he didn't have yeah. that much of an impact. Yeah, but now what? It's going to be Terrence Davis putting up numbers. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> They'll be exciting. They'll be exciting, but. This is a, we talked about this right before Dylan hopped on, where I start to hype up every single team because you you line up you put out their lineups just like you did Nate, and you describe them. And you're like, this would be such a good basketball team. We fall for this in the off season when you describe them like they're Pokemon. You're like, oh, this is <laughs> going to be so much fun, but <laughs> probably not as good. And, and and they've got like no fours on the team. Yeah, I mean Isaiah Stewart, I feel like is an old school four, which we've kind of seen how old school fours have worked out. And there's there's a reason why they're no longer. Does Dwayne Casey play old school fours? 
He said he's going to start Isaiah Livers just because he's the only four on the team. So, oh my god! I, I mean, Casey, <laughs> Casey might. Hey, maybe we can get a Kevin Knox revival and go more small ball. Ooh. Desperation, desperation. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> yeah. When your choices are Isaiah Livers and Kevin Knox, um, maybe your offense isn't going to be that good. There's also Kelly Olynyk. Mm. That's a better option. He feels like trade bait. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, just, just like the perfect person to trade away. All right. Oh, there's Marvin Bagley. What are, what are you guys talking about? There's not a four on the roster. I, I said I said a four, not a fourth string center. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Aaron's laughing too hard. He had to mute himself based on <laughs> on that Kingsburn. That's true. Come on. That's true. Former former number two pick. That contract was so bad. I'm, I'm sorry. That was a bad contract. It's not going to affect them. What was it? Like three for 45 or something? Oh, my Lord. That was like nine mil a year for the next three years. No. Can't be 45, can it? You're right. It, it was bad. It's, it's 12 and a half. 12 and a half. Oh. You can't guard anybody. <laughs> anybody at all. All right. All right. So the, the next team on the list. We, we got to move on. I can't talk about Bagley. It's going to hurt. Next team on the list. It is the Charlotte Hornets, whom Dylan, did you forget the Miles Bridges facing felony charges? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. You've projected them forty <laughs> wins. <laughs> that's 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 what the math said, Nate. You you can't you can't um, question the math. Does the math know Miles Bridges should never <laughs> touch a basketball again? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, their as as it came out, their defense is gonna. Be, I had them. Their defense not meaningfully different. Actually, their defense I had come out the same. Uh, that being bad, twentieth in the league. They got who? Who they just bring back as their coach? James Borrego. Steve Clifford. Yeah, Steve. Oh, Steve yeah, Clifford. Like, he'll, Can we talk about that for a second. Have we ever seen? I mean, obviously it's happened, but in, in relatively recent history, in, in the history of competent front offices, someone like a team firing a. a relatively bad head coach and then is bringing him back can you imagine being a hornets fan you 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 missed out the step in between where they they fired their coach tried to hire kenny atkinson got him to agree and then kenny atkinson's like okay so i get to like pick my own assistant coaches right and then jordan's like no because then i'll have to pay them (laughs) he's like okay never mind oh my god like they they lost kenny because they wouldn't pay any assistant coaches they signed nobody. That's not a joke. <laughs> they added they added to they drafted Mark Williams and Bryce McGowan's. They are that, rumored they are rumored to be in the uh in the Kemba Walker sweepstakes. I can't think of a worse spot for him. That much of a disaster. Like hopefully you can get some decent health out of out of Hayward. Like I said, the defense was already bad. They lose Bridges, who was a pretty good defender, but get a better defensive coach. So I don't know, maybe that balances out. I had them at, at 20th in defense. Um, and then they were they were sixth in the league in offense last year. Like they yeah. were really good. And like part of that for sure was Bridges, but it's also Lamelo Ball who will be, who will be a year better. Um, and I dropped them from sixth down to 15th based on, you know, losing Bridges and maybe, you know, I don't know if Clifford's really that inventive as an offensive coach. And they, they still came out at, at a pretty high win total. So I don't think that they're going to be like, that much of a disaster like intuitively i was thinking that they were probably the next worst team but like i can't make the math agree with that so what do we think their starting lineup is we got lamello and ridges or sorry 
LaMelo and Terry Rozier starting in the backcourt. Gordon Hayward, PJ Washington, and Mason Plumley. It's it's so ugly, but it <laughs> I just can't make the math disagree. It's I mean, that leaves great. Book Knight and Bryce McAllens as their only other guards. You know, they're you're, you're making me hate this even more. Maybe maybe they are going to be more than nine places worse on offense. Well, you don't have to apologize because the for the averages came out. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't worry. The, the <laughs> averages the averages dropped them down to thirty five wins. Uh, or sorry, 34 wins coming in just a hair above them uh, with an average score of 35 wins matching their last season total is the Washington Wizards. Guys, what are we thinking about the Wizards? On my little note that, that I just added um, what I was thinking, I just wrote what the fuck. Because I, I just after after writing down who they lost and who they added, I could, did not understand. I understood, I understood even less than I did when it was happening. Yeah, I mean they're just like in such a weird position as a as a franchise where like they are actually trying to win, but they're just going to be so like they they sucked last year and they're not going to be meaningfully better. Are they potentially starting Monte Morris, Bradley Beal, Will Barton, Kyle Kuzma, and Kristaps Porzingis? Like, is that that the potential lineup here? I think they started Daniel last year, so I think he'll be in the in the starters. But yeah, other than that, you know they've they've got a nice backup point guard at one. They're not going to be horrible, but yeah, I kind of like what they what they did with their offseason. Like their biggest need was a point guard. They got like a pretty good point guard, like Monty Morris, um, who's got a really cool nickname. As long as you write it out, you can't say it out loud. Um, like he's a good point guard, and that was their their biggest need. Um, you know, Will Barden can give you some points off the off the bench. Like low key, something that's kind of underrated about the Wizards is how bad they were on offense. Yeah, like they were the the twenty second best offense in the league. You, you've got Bradley Beal on your team, and you're twenty second in offense. It's like the the other guys are terrible offensive players. Like Kyle Kuzma's not a terrible offensive player, and you know KCP, who they had last year, they've upgraded to Will Barton, who's probably slightly better offensively, if you know a little downgrade defensively. But like they they had a decent offseason. It's just they're starting from such a low point that like, what the hell are you even doing? It's it's strange to add pieces. They added Delon Wright as well. It's another point guard. Two years. Yeah, I like that too. Sixteen million. It's fine, but if if they had a better core, it all makes sense if they won fifty games last season. But to win thirty five and be like, "Yep, this is what we're doing. Like this is good. I like it." Um, it's just strange. I also wanted to add. I was absolutely shocked that they signed Todd Gibson. I was certain that no one that didn't have. No team that didn't have Tom Thibodeau as their coach was going to sign him. I thought he was going to fall Tibbs around until he died. I think he he might have needed to leave Tibbs or else he would die. <laughs> like, like how many years can you play for Tibbs? I, I think at some point you just need to break free. And what's crazy is looking at their roster, there's actually a decent chance that he gets some minutes. Uh, because I was really trying to figure out who's going to be the backup big. Like Vernon Carey, uh, he, he's had a rough adjustment to the league. Um, Daniel <laughs> Gafford. Is probably going to see a lot of minutes as the yeah. backup center, but like Gafford if Porzingis, yeah, Gafford's Gafford's fine. Gafford's a, a good backup, but, I'm, but yeah, if, if you continue the point that you're about to make, yeah, he, Porzingis is going to miss twenty games, and so then yeah. Gafford's your starter, and yeah. then are you you relying on Carey? Are you relying on Gibson? Is Rui going to be a small ball center? Like it's, it's a pretty big hole. And they were the twenty first best offense, the twenty fifth best defense last season. Yeah. It's just a strange place to be in. You know, it, it's it's definitely peak off season because I'm looking at the roster. I'm like, man, 
Isaiah Todd was kind of a guy for the G League Ignite, like real slender, but as a six foot ten guy that could pick and pop, maybe he's ready. Maybe, probably not. Like five percent chance, but I mean, maybe he could be a guy. That's what the off season does to you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So those are the five teams that we think are destined for lottery. Next four are play-in selections. We've got a team which we're actually almost all in agreement on. I had the Knicks with 41 wins. Dylan, you also had 41. And Aaron, you had 43 for an average score of 41.6. Knicks are going to be at least 500? I think so. Jalen Brunson effect, man. Yeah, they, they added a good player to a reasonably good team. Like he should help their offense a little bit and, you know, he's not a great defender, but he shouldn't hurt them too much and they should come out, you know, as a fairly good team. I I like some of the other acquisitions, like Isaiah Hardenstein, I think was like a really solid backup center that I wish the Clippers could have kept. You know, that was a nice Noel replacement. So I think they made some some nice moves and should be fairly good. And and the Quinton Grimes come up. Everybody loves Quinton Grimes. That's going to be a big Quinton Grimes season. I'm thinking all NBA or just all-star? (laughs) <laughs> pretty much they they added brunson they added hard scene and uh they kind of shed the the bad the bad vibes per se um with with what was of last team with kemba and burks and gibson and, and nerlens noel just kind of getting some new faces I, I think it'll be a better season yeah i think that they just upgraded those those positions yeah their point guard position was really weak and brunson's a good one i i, I really have nothing to add i just I think it's interesting that they made these little around the edges upgrades and we're projecting like a four win increase. Like it's it's hard to get into that top, that upper echelon. Like it, it just is. Yeah. It also just goes to show that like the East is actually, again, going to be pretty deep because we were just saying that we like the Knicks offseason and we're projecting them at 500. Like we, just, we all just said, you know, they, they should be better and we're projecting them at, as a play-in team. Our next play-in team, Dylan, I'm, I'm going to need some explanations here, my guy. Hey, uh, you've got the Chicago Bulls with 39 wins. Aaron, you've got them with 48. I'll clear out. Let, let's. Uh, I'm, I'm the middleman with 44. Uh, they ended up at 43.6. So you guys, why are you guys so wildly opposed on them? Man, Dylan, what happened? I'll, 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 tell, you, I'll tell you exactly what happened, okay? Okay. The, let me see if I've got it. The Bulls last year had the expected wins of a 40-win team. So I'm saying that they're right about the same ground. The, the way that you get from 40 wins expected to, what was their actual wins, like 46? 46, yeah. The, the way that you get that is is clutch excellence. And so the math can't, can't account for clutch excellence. Um, and the, the reason that the Bulls were so good last year is because DeMar DeRozan was insane in the clutch. Like their actual team quality was a 41 team and DeMar being awesome in the clutch essentially won them six extra games. Okay. Which, which my math can't account for. So add in some more DeMar excellence, hopefully, and that, that'll bump them up. But they were a 41 quality of team last year and they just so happened to, to be incredible in the clutch. You know, I totally get it. I felt like they basically lost nobody, no one of consequence. Um, they get Goran Dragic, they get Drummond, and Patrick Williams, Crusoe, and Lonzo Ball are all coming back because they, they did not play the last season almost at all. And that's kind of when the Bulls started spiraling. Cause if I remember correctly, they were the one seed at one point. Yeah. I feel like they're going to be 
I mean, if given health, which is obviously is it is the toughest thing to bet on, I think that'd be fine. That is something I wish I had done more of was look into uh, how how many games missed by key rotation players. But I, I like your point in there, Dylan, and that was something I meant to bring up with Washington because Washington had an insane clutch record last season where they were winning a lot of those close games. And like that's how they ended up seven and four, two weeks in or three weeks in. And you know, where everyone thought that this was going to be an amazing team. And look at the steal they pulled off from the Lakers. And while it was still a steal, it was not quite that big of a steal. And so while I think the Wizards roster got better, I think that return to the mean, and I think we will see a return to the mean from DeMar DeRozan, because he hasn't mm. really been the most clutch guy. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's something to, important to consider as well. Um, the reason that I didn't go in and, and adjust and be like, okay, well, the you know the Bulls outperformed their point differential by five wins, so I'll add on five extra wins, is that like previous seasons wins above expectation isn't predictive essentially whatsoever. It is you know fairly random and does even out over the long run. Um, the one exception that you can get is teams that are trying to win where the coaches are in on it um, tend to underperform their their record well. You know they play the wrong guys, have bad schemes at the end of games. Um, and the other one is is, is clutch play. Um, but as you say, DeMar had the, probably the best season of his career last year. At Yeah. He'd been in the league a, a decade and had the best season of his career. And it's, it's unclear whether that will be a sort of a one-season blip or whether that's the new normal. There was one stat from last season that DeMar DeRozan became the first player ever to record in NBA history. Do either of you remember what that was? I do not. DeMar DeRozan became the first player in league history to win a game with a buzzer beater on both New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That's very important. Man, it's really? The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's something I my mean- dad would complain about. If he saw that side on the TV, he'd be like, look at this bullshit. He's <laughs> making up shit. <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. But like I watched those games. And like he he pulled up for a three against the Pacers. I remember talking about him when we discussed the Jimmy Butler or three in the playoffs of would you take it? I was like, no, I hated when DeMar did this. It worked out. I hated when Butler did it. It didn't work out. Um, And and then the next night, he also won the game with a buzzer beater. Um, And and just given the fact that this has never happened before in NBA history, I know it's it's like the weirdest. You have to play a back to back on the sure. The odds are not in favor of this, but like it just kind of points to the randomness uh, of him being able to hit these game winners. And uh, I'm fine. I, I knocked them back two wins. And, and that's where, where, you know, luck does come into it as well as, as just awesome clutch play. Because if you be generous and say that's like a 50% chance shot, like say it's a coin flip, like the fact that, you know, he called heads on, you know, six different coin flips and they all came up heads isn't necessarily, you know, it doesn't mean that he's. A psychic. It means that he had some had some good luck. Well, our next team is another one that we are all lock and key on. Uh, we got the Cleveland Cavaliers with forty four wins, forty six wins, and forty four wins for an average score of basically forty five. That's what they got last year. Why aren't we more positive on the Cavs? Uh, what did you think of the offseason, Nate? I don't think it really matters. I think that what matters is that they kept the same good young pieces together. Um, you know, Garland can can conceivably grow a little bit more Mobley can conceivably grow a little bit more um you know Allen I, I think the guys continue to take a step I, I don't think Abaji is going to make a huge difference either way but I, I think I think there's a good chance that th- they just continue to grow um 
I just, when I started looking at, hey, there are only X amount of wins in a season and I, I got to hit that win total. Um, I just, I couldn't find a way to justify giving them more wins, it, even though I do think, you know, one team's going to have a superstar miss some time and then all of these teams will end up with two or three more wins. But just assuming health, I couldn't, couldn't do it. They had the 20th best offense last season. I'm just not really sure where that's coming from, where that, that improvement comes from. Yeah, and, and some of the guys that like really contributed to them last year, like like Kevin Love was low-key a really good player for them last year. Yeah. Um he's gonna be a year older. Like we can't really expect him to necessarily keep that up. Um they didn't add anything really on the roster to make the offense any better. It's gonna be just again a lot on, on Darius Garland. Um and if he, you know, misses any time, then they're really gonna struggle. Um I think Karis Levert was a you know, I don't think we liked that move very much at the time. I loved it. Marketing is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe we did. Maybe I'm misremembering. Um, but either way, I don't think he's going to be. I didn't like it. You know, I didn't like. This. I don't think he's going to be an awesome, an awesome um player for them. And so they're still going to be, you know, kind of crappy on offense. And you know, they'll they'll they should be really good on defense again. You know, Mobley should be. He was the best defensive rookie of basically my lifetime, which is insane to say. And he should be only better next year, so the the offense should be awesome again. Um, I had them as the number six defense in my projections, but there are a lot of teams that are going to be getting better, and not too many teams that are going to be getting worse. Yeah. And so you know, being around the same isn't you know isn't isn't enough to to move you up. I, I do think they they will probably walk away with Sexton. You know, mm. I think Sexton will come back, and then they are going to have you know pretty decent offensive punch with Sexton, Lever, and Garland. You know, you can always keep two of them on the court, which is going to be two two reasonably good scorers. I think it's really important for them if they're going to take that step because right now they have four guards on the roster. Rubio, Ronetto, Abaji, and Garland. Yeah. That's basically that's basically it. Uh, me, Lever can play it, but he's kind of more of a forward. I don't see anyone out there in the market that's going to offer Sexton what he wants. And really, I don't think anybody's going to offer him more than what Cleveland's willing to match because yeah like even though Cleveland's got a pretty low value on him cool someone else offers him three years at seven million each that's that's a steal Cleveland should go for that um, yeah match it. I, I, I think they've already offered him more than that I think they offered him a contract I'll see if I can find it I, I want to say it was like close to three for 40 million in total yeah it was, it was something fairly reasonable and like yeah like you say like there's not really any kept any cap space teams that would want him a team offer in the mid-level is going to get matched right away. Like this might be a qualifying offer. Yeah. Bid on yourself time for, for Sixton. Which coming off major injury, you kind of got to hope that he'll take a longer term deal. Um, and this is really sneakily. This is how you build championship contenders is by getting someone on a deal that's far less than what you know their production value is. So hopefully they can come to some sort of an arrangement or or something. But I do think he sticks around in Cleveland. I just looking at all of the other teams in the league and and trying to stay at that 1230 combined wins for the East and the West. I just I couldn't get there. I have something pointless to say. Do you guys want to hear it? Sure. Well, it's a question. What do you think Kevin Love's listed height and weight is? I'm just looking at the Cavs roster. Six eight three or six eight two thirty five. Dylan, any guesses? I was going to say six eight two forty. So we're right in line there. Is listed at six eight two fifty one. 
It's a big man. He's a big I, I boy. Swear, I swear to God, he was a, like six. Was he six ten at, at some point? He's like, sitting <laughs> shorter and fatter. Yeah, he he was one forty. Him and Chet, him and Chetty Osmond are the same height. You know, when you get older, you start to shrink a bit. <laughs> when when they um start taking official measurements and stop letting you just make up whatever height you want, you you get shorter. He's six eight. Demarcus is six five. What are we talking about? No, last part. <laughs> yeah, Draymond Green six five as well. Zach Randolph is really six four. I I met Magic Johnson. I think he's only six five. I'll be hundred no. percent honest. <laughs> I just I made a him. video that's saying I, he's six nine. I stood next to the man, and I'm I'm like, man. My buddy Connor is 6'8". You're not taller than Connor. My buddy, he, Owen's about 6'4". You might be a little bit bigger than Owen. He's shrinking. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> he, he shrunk four inches. How, well, how old is Magic now? He's at least 60 now? Maybe, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let the one slip out there for the conspiracy theorists that he's <laughs> only 6'9". All right, so, so we, got a, we got a team in here in Toronto. Um, that we that we all rated pretty close to their last season numbers. Actually, most of us went under. Uh, I went with forty three wins. Aaron went with forty nine. Dylan, you went with forty seven. Average of forty six point three. Last season they got forty eight. What happened? Did they not win forty eight games last year? They did. Nothing changed. They just added Otto Porter. That's the only roster difference. Well, Wilt Porter Jr. Oh no. <laughs> Just had to get that in there. I, I really just, you know, if if you start looking at how many wins like that that are possibly available, I just I, I had to take them off of some team. And Toronto still has the same problems that they had last year, which is just a massive lack of depth. You know, they yes. are they're very thin. They still don't have a big man. It, it feels like their style is going to be pretty easy to figure out and, and punish. I don't see progression. I see a lot of mouths wanting to be fed. And unless they can flip some of them for Kevin Garnett, I I see some contention brewing. Yeah, they I mean, did like, sign Bo, they signed Bo Cruz. They brought him Hey, it, now if only he can live up to that Adam Sandler training montage. Loki, I think he's like, Wancho is not really like that bad a player. Like, I think he actually will contribute. I think that they did kind of get better. Like the, the players that they're relying on, Especially like Scotty, like Scotty's going to be a big driver for them. Like he should be better this year. Um, Otto Porter is a pretty good pickup. Like they can't, couldn't have really done much better, given the resources that they had available to fill in that spot. And I don't, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like Precious Achua wants to shoot threes now. Like he, he low key is is going to be hoisting threes. Yeah, they're going to be, a, they're going to be a super fun team. I think what we're going to start to notice, I'm the only one that didn't know. There's 1,230 wins. M is going to be way above, just in the, in the clouds, dreaming for some of these teams. But what were your Houston and Utah win totals? I did not decide that, but I think man, Houston probably right. like I'd say like 22, and and Utah probably like 28, 27, depending on, on what I, they do. Where are you going with this, Nate? You're not saying that Toronto's in that. No, no, I'm saying that <laughs> his total wins because he didn't have those two on the list. He sent over to me earlier. Mm-hmm. He's got fifty nine more wins than are theoret- than are like mathematically possible on this. So you got to take off fifty nine wins from some of these teams. And Toronto at forty nine, you know, you just, okay, we can adjust. We can adjust it. You know, I, I mean, that's an average of two less wins per all of these these teams, basically. Yeah, basically, man, it's crazy out there. It's actually 
probably more theoretically likely that you will have more teams within one or two wins than I will, because there still will be that team. You know, hey, if Embiid gets hurt, Philly's dropping from being a mid fifties win team to like a thirty eight win team, and then those those twenty extra wins are are getting redistributed to everyone else. So I don't think it's too bad that we that both of you two went way above, but like that's where some of my numbers are just really low because. If we presume health for everyone in the league, they aren't getting those extra wins. And also really looking back, like there's usually only one team below 20 wins per season. And that statistically was higher the further back we go. But because of the flattened lottery odds, we're seeing more teams competing later. And so I don't think we're going to see as many high 60, high 50 win teams. And I don't think we're going to see as many low teams. So I think we are going to get more of a close jumble, which is going to be more entertaining all around absolutely and i think um cutting two wins off of basically all my predictions would have been would have been beneficial but that's why we did the averages yeah you guys are here to save me so tied for our second highest differential in the east we have the atlanta hawks who come in oh gosh what is this (laughs) they're coming in sixth so we we have made it out of the play-in our four play-in teams based on this projection are the knicks the bulls the Cavs, and the raptors a good mix i like that i'm happy with that you know three of them were the play-in teams it was from last year no sorry only two of them were play-in teams from last year the knicks were below and we're projecting a bit of regression and from oh no only one of them was the Cavs. those were the only play-in team last year We've got the hawks graduating out we've got the knicks rising in and we've got the bulls and the raptors or yeah, Bulls and Raptors sliding back into the play end. So starting off our true playoff contentions, uh, with we have Atlanta. Dylan, you've got them at with 53 wins. I've got them at 42. Aaron split in the middle at 47. Average win of an expectation of 47.3. What are you thinking, Dylan? It's a lot of wins. It is a lot of wins. They were like like I said before the show, they were the one that most surprised me once I, you know, figured out the offensive ratings and the defensive ratings for each team and you know, figured out their wins. They were the one that really surprised me. And, you know, if I was going to then go and mess with the math and, and take some wins away, um, they'd probably be the first team that I'd look at. But they were the second best offensive team last year. And they had essentially no backup point guard and, you know, or, or no one to run the second unit. And now they're going to have DeJounte Murray, like, running their second unit. Like, they, I've got them as the number one offense for next year. The only team that was above them was Utah, who you know should be falling off, and so Atlanta for number one offense, I think, is a really good pick. Um, the defense was really bad last year, but in the previous year, it actually was fairly decent. So last year they were the twenty sixth best defense, but the previous year they were seventeenth. Um, and I think the big difference was Clint Capella's health. Um, he really is their defensive anchor. And if he is able to contribute at a reasonable level, you add in some of these guys like Dejounte is one of the best defensive guards in the league. They managed to quietly pick up um, Justin Holiday and uh, Maurice Harkless, who are just like two guys that can, you know, they're, they're not going to give you a whole lot, but they can defend on the wing. Um, so I think that it's, you know, their, their defense should be more in line with what it was in that previous year. So I had them at, at 16th on defense. And when you're a, like, average defensive team and the best offensive team in the league like which i think is like not that easy to argue against like this could be a really good team i love their draft pick too aj griffin i thought the fit the fit was perfect I, I guess i'm probably a little bit too low on them i was thinking that they were still gonna be a really terrible defense but Dejounte murray as a point of attack defender 
he's going to cover up a lot of spots. Hunter also missed like 20 games last year if he's healthier this year. You know, you can you can roll out lineups with three good defenders at all times. Um, and Collins isn't terrible. But Trey Young will will always be horrific. Worst defender in the league. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm really interested um, because when I was looking at them, I, I figured the Raptors would be better than them. I figured the Cavs and the Bulls would be red, better than them. And it looks like looks like Aaron, you mostly agree. You've got Cleveland worse than them. Um, but Dylan, you've got them over Toronto, Cleveland, and Chicago all all pretty significantly. Is that that's just what the math says? Yeah. And and like I mean I'm kind of talking myself into into it as well. Just based on the fact that like I I do now think that this is probably going to be the best offense in the league. If you look at the the best offenses last year in order, Utah, Atlanta, Phoenix, Memphis, Milwaukee, like Utah's going to drop off. Phoenix, Chris Paul's getting older. DeAndre Aiden's going to be pissed. Like, there's no one that's really climbing, and Atlanta should be better. So, like, I think they're going to be the best offense in the league. And then they added defensive players around Trey, who's going to drive that terrific offense. Onyeko Kongwu should be better defensively. Clint Capella, just by hopefully being healthy, is going to be better defensively. You know, that's the recipe for a really awesome team. I mean, I will say... I do think there are other teams that are going to be better offensively. I, I think Golden State has a good chance to be better offensively. I think Denver has a great chance to be better offensively. Clippers, Timberwolves, we'll have to see how their new slash healthy looks look. But I think I think they have a pretty good chance to be better offensively. I do think Jante Murray, as much as he adds defensively, um, he, he's not a shooter. Now we're going to play two, three non-shooters with Hunter, Murray, and Clint Capella out there. I do think that could stagnate their offense a bit. Um, so I, I don't know that's quite the slam dunk, but you are talking me into this. They lost Gorgie Ding, Lou Williams, Gallinari, Herder, and DeLon Wright. And they basically replaced them with better defensive players in DeJounte Murray. And I feel like there's a better chance they have like the eighth best offense and a, a top 15 defense. They, they kind of meet in the middle. What would the math say if they're eight and 15? Well, like 65 wins. Uh, one, two, 15, um... Uh, plus two. Carry the one. Uh, <laughs> uh, 40, high 40s. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. I think that's where I'm, that's, I said 47, even though mine are kind of inflated. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. All right. That, that's fine. Um, the next one, which is going to be our largest gap in the, in the Eastern Conference. And actually, let me just check the West. Um, no, it is not our largest gap overall. Our largest gap in the Eastern Conference is the Brooklyn Nets, who came with an average win of 48. I've got 50. Aaron, you've got 54. Dylan, 40 wins. I assume this is because you're expecting Durant not to be there. Nate, what the fuck? You texted me earlier saying they're going to win 55 games. We're <laughs> <laughs> like, this team's going to win 60 games. And I was like, man, like, am I too low on these guys? I was like, yeah, like they'll figure it out. Well, all right, all right. I'll I'll defend my high praise. Um, and really, like when I initially was throwing together the numbers, I had them that high, and then I was like, oh, I need to actually to, to subtract this down to how many wins are theoretically possible, and that's just railing everyone back in, or pulling them down, um, and meeting some parameters. But I don't think Durant gets traded. I don't think. I mean, at this point, Kyrie is has accepted his player option for one more season. Aaron, when you and I were texting, you were saying that they're going to lose some rebounding edge. And I'm like, no, these guys, you know, hey, some of them might be here older. 
But if Durant resigns, Lamarcus comes back. If you know, if the they bring back their core, they're going to start getting those ring chasers. TJ Warren is a nice additional piece. Ben Simmons, in in theory, will play basketball this year. We'll, I'll, we'll see. But I, I just think if you look at the pieces that are potentially there, I don't see a Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons team winning less than fifty games. Kind of ran it up. I mean, we were talking about it, and, and I was like, yeah, well, I mean, if Kyrie and Durant and Simmons play. I like the team. I like where they're headed. I don't think they're going to fall on their face. Um, it's going to be strange. It could be a nuclear disaster, but they're probably pretty good at basketball. I have a different read on KD's most recent demands. Because okay. his most recent demand, he said that you know he will only come back if they fire the GM and the coach. My read on that is, hey, KD realizes he's insane and he's not going to get to a better place. So he's trying to figure out a way to backtrack and like, make an appeasement. He's trying to find someone to hang hang this on and be like, oh, you know what? We fired Marks and we fired Nash. Now we got the people in. I'm, I'm okay coming back. Um, I, I think he started to realize that Brooklyn is his best scenario, but he needs an out. He needs a scapegoat. And so he's, he's negotiating what the scapegoat can be. And maybe the scapegoat just ends up being Nash and this whole thing gets swept under the rug. It's almost like a page from Curry Irving's book. Remember last season and he's like, no, I'm I'm not gonna get the vaccine because of the persecution of the you know the workers that that are getting kept out of their jobs and can't make an income. And then the New York City was like, okay, people in this very narrow field of essentially just like entertainment can go back to work. And he's like, I've done it, guys. I can come back. I'm satisfied with that. It's like no, like ninety percent of people that you were supposedly like advocating for still can't go to work. He's like, nope, I've done it. I can come back. My my mission has been accomplished. And I kind of figure that's what Durant's doing too, is like, no, I'm, I, I can't go back. And I was like, well, all right, if you just get rid of Steve Nash, then, yep, I've, I've accomplished what I actually wanted. I hate that this got leaked, especially from like Joe Sai's perspective, because if I was the owner and Kevin Durant, if I was Joe Sai and Kevin Durant said, I'll come back if you just fire the coach and the GM, like I'd just do it. But once it gets leaked then you really can't do it. And so I hate that it got leaked because it kind of just like means that it can't possibly happen. But like Steve Nash is a mediocre coach, fine. You know, Sean Marks is a good GM, but replacement level GM is, is you know, not terrible. The, the roster's already constructed. There's not that much more to do. Like, fine, fire them. You know, like the, you're a championship contender if everyone just plays and, and is happy, but, you know, no one's going to be happy. How many wins did you have for the Nets still in? They were the hardest one for me to rank. I didn't really know what to do with them. What timeline did you see happening for for them? Uh, just the same roster, but everyone's pissed off. <laughs> All right. Kyrie goes, you know, on random hiatuses. Durant's got calf soreness often. Ben Simmons is, you know, is intimidated by all the bad vibes. and. <laughs> Man. <laughs> did you hear what was at least rumored to have been Kyrie's demands when negotiating his max contract. This came out maybe a week ago. No, what was it? A max contract? I'm going to watch Dylan's head explode really quickly. <laughs> yes, before he opted into his one-year deal, you know, Brooklyn meets with him and they're like, hey, here's what we want you to do. We want to put in these like incentives. Um, otherwise, we're not going to do a max deal. Kyrie's counter was that his contract would cap him at a max of playing 60 games and that he would be excused from all back-to-backs. I like it on a max on a max deal. Yeah, I I, I would do that. You, you would sign Kyrie to a deal that says 
you don't have to play more than 60 games and you're excused from all back-to-backs. Yeah, you just put them on the on the Kawhi plan. That's that's best for the team that he doesn't play back-to-backs. <laughs> Kawhi wants to play 50 games a season. However many games you want Kyrie to play, he's going to play 20 less than that. If you set it at yeah. 60, yeah. he's playing 40. That's, if you set it at 40, he's yeah. playing 20. That's that's the trick. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. Like, I want my star players to not play a full season. Like, keep them resting, keep them fresh. If I could get him to commit to 60, I feel yeah. like that's like, hey, but yeah. I will play 60. <laughs> I will not play 61. Like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, Aaron's point okay is that. great. If, if you say he has to play 60, like, he'll play 40. You have to set a 50 years of like, okay, 50 to 60 games. That's how many games you're going to play. Any less, you don't get it anymore. Obviously, you wouldn't do that. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but now we got the big four. And I just, I kind of want to peruse. Okay, we do not have the same order for the big four right here. Um, coming in with an average score of 48.6, we have the Miami Heat. I have 47, Aaron, 49, Dylan, 50. This is one of the strangest off seasons because they didn't do anything at all. And they didn't have a ton of flexibility, but they really did nothing. They, they yeah. took their draft pick. They took Jovich, which, which I, I like, but me and Dylan had talked... Um, and he essentially said that, well, Jovich is good, not a great spot for him. Rookies that yeah. don't play good defense, you know, project rookies essentially um, in Miami trying to contend. This is the same team, just older. I think the only thing they might have going for them is that Jimmy Butler might play more games because he was hurt for a good chunk of last season. But it's the same team. They're, they're not quite the same team because they lost PJ Tucker. Like That's true. They, they don't have a starting power forward. Like, is. Whichever of the Martin twins, like, is he their starting four? Giannis has them? I think Butler just becomes the starting four. Yeah, but then, like, you've, they've got no threes either. Like, yeah, K- Caleb Martin might have to start for them, which is going to be fucking ugly. Or they <laughs> go back to, like, a too big thing and they're, you know, starting Dwayne Deadman or something. You're at seven? Yeah. Or, or do you know what their saving grace could be is if um, Hayward Highsmith, who looked kind of good in, in the summer league, if he's able to play. Like, that would just be such a heat thing to do, is just, like, pull a guy out of nowhere to solve all your problems. This is when the Udonis Haslam second prime kicks in. He's going to start <laughs> shooting threes, defending the wing. He'll be back. What are you going to say, Nate? I've heard way too much about Hayward Highsmith. Like, yes, Miami does have a history of pulling guys out of nowhere, but we've seen this guy. We've seen this guy for two years. Or more, I should say, we haven't seen this guy for two years because he's played 21 games in the past two seasons. Players like that, if they make a leap... It's usually not that sustainable. There might be a perfect system fit. It's just, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm out. I want to stop hearing about the random guy. And I realized I started this episode off talking about Isaiah Todd and how he might be able to make the lead. <laughs> but I think there's a higher probability that Isaiah Todd has an impact on the season than Hayward Highsmith. And I've, I've heard truly good basketball minds mention him. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't get it. I want to play fantasy basketball, except you can only take fringe nba guys yeah like the 14th 15th seed like yeah that's my that's my new league fancy basketball but if he starts his points count for zero <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and then you can take i actually fights. wonder i wonder if you could set that up i can take a look or maybe like a minutes cap where like every minute you play is worth negative value or if you like play over 15 it's just i could um i could set up because I think you can add points for minutes played, and I could just set up negative points. Every minute you play, you lose points. <laughs> oh, <laughs> gosh. That would be an insane league. Well, anyone got some more thoughts on Miami? It's it's just the, old, the same team, but older. 
Yeah, they, they, they couldn't do anything because they want Kevin Durant or Donovan Mitchell. Like, they couldn't go out and, you know, do trades, do signings that would hard cap them. Like, they yeah. want to trade for Donovan Mitchell or Kevin Durant, and they haven't been able to do it. And so they lost a starter. They haven't gained anyone. The defense is still going to be awesome. They've still got Bam. They've still got Butler. They've still got Kyle Lowry, who should hopefully be healthier this year. And Hayward Highsmith, of course. Um, but yeah, the, the, <laughs> offense is, the offense could struggle. The defense will still be good, and, you know, they'll, they'll be a good team. I also wanted to denote that they're in the conversation for Donovan Mitchell and Durant. I don't think their trade assets are very good. I don't. No. I think they'd have to throw in just a preposterous amount of picks to make that happen. Because um, I don't think anyone, whether Utah or, or um, the Nets, care about a Tyler Hero package. Especially if you have to take Duncan Robinson. That's a negative asset. It's just not how these trades work. Well, what if they include one of the best players in the world? According to himself. Go ahead, Nate. I was, I was waiting. I was going to see if you guys were asking who he was. Victor Oladipo says he is one of the best players who's, uh, in the world. Uh, that he's, he's right. on himself. He is training night and day with a former MVP to get his uh, get his game in shape. You know, don't ask who that former MVP is. It doesn't matter. They're just working out day and night. Who is the MVP? Russell Westbrook. Good, good. That's good. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's what I want to see from guys approaching thirty. <laughs> Is the uh, Russell Westbrook tra- uh, camp of a uh, of basketball thought for players uh, at age thirty? Athletic guys who are losing their athleticism and their shots getting worse. I want them training with Russell Westbrook. They they both have to go on a revenge tour this year. Yeah, they're feeling undervalued by the league. He could low key be a guy that ends up starting for them. Like his defense was really good last year, and like the shot wasn't didn't fall at all. But like if he can just get the shot up to, you know, even like Orlando levels with with how good he was at defense at times, like Lowry Oladipo, Max Struess, Jimmy Butler, Bam. Like that's not a bad bad team at all. I mean, we have yeah. as the fourth seed. It's a great team um, for Oladipo. He is one of the best players in the world. He's talking about the entire world, not just the NBA. Compared to the average person, he's one of the best players in the world. He actually had some moments, though, in the playoffs versus Atlanta where you're like, holy shit, Victor Oladipo is taking over this game. It's just a really strange feeling, but he he definitely had a moment there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had a a pair of 20-plus point outings in the the playoffs. He ended the regular season dropping 40 points, 10 rebounds, and 7 assists against Orlando, who was... You know, all in for that that Paolo Boncaro pick, but um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some potential there. I think I think the fact that we all have a little regression going from 53 wins in first down to 48 and fourth feels about right. I can't talk bad about Old Depot either because um, I wanted him on the Kings. Every single Kings fan wanted him. <laughs> I think that the Heat actually paid him more than most people expected, but. Yeah, I mean, I wanted him for the Lakers when I thought he was going to sign for five mil, and I was like, mm. "Hell, we'll we'll take a five mil." Yeah, so we got Lonnie Walker better than Lonnie Walker. Yeah. All right, big three time. Uh, third place, we have the Philadelphia 76ers is here. Uh, Dylan is actually the low man with forty nine. I'm at fifty one. Aaron's at sixty. Forty nine. This team is incredible. I really yeah. like the Sixers. <laughs> I think I kind of went low on them. I don't think I factored in their offseason enough and the, the fact that they will have Harden for a full season. Um, my only concern is that post-All-Star break, they were 12th on offense, which is like, sorry, post-trade um, deadline, they were 12th on offense, which is not great. But I 
think that 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 should be better. Um, and I like their off season, so I think I think I was a little low on them. I really liked their off season. I feel like they lost effectively nobody: Danny Green, DeAndre Jordan, Paul Millsap, added Daniel House, Anthony Melton, and PJ Tucker. And although the Tucker contract is really weird, going just for next season, they're going to be better. I think it's going to be a really good team. You lose three guys that can't play for three guys that can play, and yeah. fit in well with Arden and Embiid. Shout out Daryl Morey. What a, what a yeah. what an off season. And 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 also like, there's this um metaphor that that some guys use which is like the the gm is like you know the the caddy um on a golf course like you 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 know you you put in the clubs that you want your guy to use um and pj tucker is is the kind of club that doc rivers is is going to use well like doc rivers is going to love pj tucker um he'll like daniel house like and and you get rid of some of those guys that you don't want your guy to use and the andrew jordan was the driver you're on the putting green and Doc Rivers pulls out the driver. And he's like, I fucking got this. I got this one. Watch this. So I think we... Yeah, so your, your, your goal is there or more. You get that out of the out of the bag um, and, and, and you put in PJ Tucker. I'm trying to think of anything negative to say about them. It, they do have a really nice balanced blend of offensive and defensive players. Um, I do I do worry that they might have a little bit too much defense and not enough offense. I know that feels weird to say with a Harden and Embiid and Maxi team. I, I mean, even Tobias Harris can be offensive, but... Offensively bad. <laughs> it's, a, it's offensive watching him play in defense. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Dylan jumped on that so fast. Yeah. So They're like offensively horrible. <laughs> I, I hope there's a world where Harden reaches p- prime Harden levels and him and Embiid just win like 68 games. That'd be one of the greatest teams ever, is prime Harden and Embiid. I'd watch that every single night. I'd watch free throws all fucking day, all day, just free throw after free throw. I'd watch it. <laughs> Are they the new Drexler and Akeem? Who's better? Who's a better duo? I, I want 20 free throws combined for those guys for a game. I would take Harden and Embiid right now compared to 95 Akeem and Drexler. <laughs> What you said right now, I was like, well, yeah, I take them right now, too, those other guys. Those guys are old. You said 20 free throws per game for them. Do you want to guess how many they averaged per game last season? Is it 20? <laughs> Slightly over. Uh, Embiid was at 11.8. Harden was at 9, basically, 8.9. So, uh, yeah, like 21. Yeah, I love it. As, as apparently the only NBA fan that likes free throws. It's a beautiful I'm, game. I'm all, all in on this. <laughs> all right. All right. Just going to have to see if George Niang and Furkan Korkmaz can, can provide a bit of an offensive spark. But really, I, I need to hold you to task for your next one. Because Dylan, you put the Milwaukee Bucks only winning 49 games? How good, how good is the West in your prediction? Because <laughs> you're so low in all the Eastern Conference teams. Yeah, the West is pretty good. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that explains it. I mean, they only had a 51 expectation last season. Do you think that they're better this year? They're, they're yes. also... Yeah, they, they are the oldest team in the NBA. They're quite heavily reliant on Brook Lopez to be any sort of a two-way team. Um, they use their one opportunity to add to the roster on Joe Ingles who can't play because he's injured. Like They've got three awesome guys and everyone else is old, getting older. And or or it's Bobby Portis. All right, I'm going to use a metaphor here. Have you ever heard the metaphor of like 
the GM is like a golf caddy and he's picking out the clubs for, for his coach to use. Okay. Okay. Well, I think, I think Bud in this case is the golfer and I think they've given him just the right pieces. He doesn't need the fancy flashy, you know, other pieces. He just needs some guys that he can count on. They've got a Pat Connington and they've got, you know, Joe Ingles for the second half of the year. Javon Carter, or was a serviceable backup. Grayson Allen, you know, is a second. Pat Connington, like they're ten deep. They, they can put out a good rotation. Oh, I think they're like, I think they're like five deep. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like pieces at all. And, and like Brook Lopez is, is a year older, and they rely on him a lot. They do rely on Brook a lot. Like they were, they've got Giannis, and last year they were the fourteenth best defense in the league. Like what you, you've got Giannis the. I mean, is he the best, you know, the best um, help defender in the league? The guy that's best at covering up a myriad of, of other players, and, and they were mediocre. This is the angle I had on this team. They didn't really, they, they lost no one. They reset basically everyone. They, they basically added no one except for Joe Ingles, which I like. I, I like it. I think when you get into peak off season mode, you'll probably overanalyze how impactful Ingles can be, but I think he's a good fit. The only thing I really wrote down was that their big three played about 67 games apiece. They missed 15 games each. And and considering that, I, I gave them six extra games. That's that's all I had. Same team. Just yeah. more games for their good players. Hopefully. Fingers Hopefully. crossed. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you don't need Brooke Lopez to be phenomenal. You just need him to be out there for 20 minutes a night and be healthy for more than 13 games. I, I think that alone will, will really help out. I have a feeling that Brooke Lopez is going to retire. Yeah. Essentially for me, it's they were a expected 51 team last year. They added nothing except Joe Ingles, who was probably like on the brink of retirement, suffering such a major injury at his age. He was their only addition, and they are older. Like they really relied on Wes Matthews last year. Like Wes Matthews is super old. Brook Lopez is their only big who can defend and shoot, um, and he's super old. Like George Hill off the bench, super old. Like they, yeah. they have all, all the guys that they rely on are, are getting older and. They weren't actually that amazing last year. As a regular season team, like once you get down to the playoffs and you only need six or seven guys, then it's a little bit different. Um, but in the regular season, like, yeah. Do you remember last pod you were on, uh, was that two weeks ago, when you mentioned Robert Covington dropping 42 against them? Do, do you remember that lineup that they put out there? Yeah, and that's what they're going to be doing this year too because they've only got three good players. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's just... No one on this team played more than 72 games last season. Like Bobby Portis was the healthiest guy. I just, you know, I, in general health, I think it's going to make make that big difference. I, I wanted to give them more wins, but uh, sticking to the 1230 wins, that, that was all I could get. I, I'm interested to see where you guys, if you guys shave them off, where you shave them off. Um, because Dylan, looking at your win total, we've got, um, you've got an extra 13 and Aaron, you've got an extra... Um, 59 wins. So. Yeah, I got to go to the chopping block. 59. <laughs> or, or, or or don't, because I mean... I'll, I'll cut the fat. I'll get back to you guys. Taking it off the Lakers. I'm taking, I'm taking 59 wins off the Lakers. <laughs> what, you had the Lakers with 59 wins? <laughs> yeah, are they losing this season and next season's wins? Going to the negatives. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to... One add about Ingles. I like Ingles fit because he's just one of the best shooters in the league. He's he's six eight career forty percent three point shooter on four and a half attempts a game. He can just be that. 
whether he's not the same defender. That's so valuable with someone like Giannis. I think I think I'm convincing myself again that a 35 year old yeah. ankle suffered a devastating injury is going to be impactful. But here I am. I, I I would like it if it was for the minimum. But he was their their only guy that they spent money on, and it's like a big risk. Like there's also a chance that he just goes out there and he's you know can't come back from this injury given his age and the major injury he just sustained, and like he's done. Like there is a a reasonable chance of that. Um, and so I wish that they got him for the minimum, and you know like. If they got Otto Porter instead, like I would like this team a lot more. Otto Porter is definitely going to help more in the regular season. I think I think Ingles, provided he's healthy, will be a, a better playoff player with his passing because um, that that is a weakness of Milwaukee. Like, who is the second best passer? Dylan's eating his entire dinner during the duration of this pod, <laughs> just slowly. <laughs> it's it's my um it's my birthday cake. Thank you very much. When was your birthday? Oh, a few days ago. Oh, well, happy birthday. Happy birthday. It's off. Well, well, we'll stop picking on you then. Yeah. <laughs> just, harass, just harassing Dylan for no reason. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, then our, our final team here, the, the best of the East, to no one's surprise, is Boston, who finished with an average uh, score for 60 wins here, meaning that they will bounce up nine wins from last season. Yeah, they got off to a horrible start last season. Um, they added Brogdon and Gallinari. I feel like they covered the needs that they had, and they aren't going to start like shit this season. That I'm banking on that. Yeah. Um. Post All Star break, number one on offense, number one on defense, and they added guys who can play and didn't lose anyone. That's essential. Like they were the best team in the league in the second half of the year, and they got better. This is fantastic. I'm just happy my win total isn't 15 ahead of. Uh, your guys is for this one. What did you guys say? Was it 60, basically 60 apiece? Yeah, I was the low man with 57. Um, Dylan was at 62. You were at 61. And really, I had started them up in the 60s. Uh, but then just looking back over the last three full seasons, each season has only had one team with 60 wins. Um, and it just seemed like such hollow ground. Oh, is that a spoiler for the list? Well, um, sorry, I, I guess I should say two years ago, there was an average of one win with 60 teams. Previous full season, so three years ago, both Phoenix and Milwaukee cracked the 60 win total. I, and I realize this is a relatively small sample size. I only have one 60 win team in my in my breakdowns, um, East and West combined. So I, I wanted to honor that and, and keep them. Uh, and so I, I dropped them to 59. And then when I was just taking away wins to try to get under, they got knocked down a hair. But I do think the Brogdon addition is going to be really good. Um, the fact that they can always have two of Brogdon, Smart, and White on the floor if they want to. And I don't even think they need to. But just the fact that they can always have it means they're going to have some pretty stable ball handlers. You know, Jalen and Jason hopefully take another step forward. Robert Williams hopefully continues um, and doesn't regress. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a really, really good regular season win team. And good in the playoffs too. I expect uh, good things from them there. Yeah, my my um end rankings had them number two on offense and number one on defense. So like they they're gonna be ridiculous next year. I'm not going that far. <laughs> <laughs> the purple and gold in me won't. They were number one on offense and number one on defense in the second half of the season last year and got better. Accept it, Nate. Accept it. You can't get around <laughs> this. <laughs> we we talking post All Star break? Uh, I I did the trade deadline as my cutoff. What what's the date on that bad boy? I think it was like. Uh, I think I just did start of February actually. All right, I just I'm not I'm not willing to fully fully commit to them yet. It 
feels like there's still something something going on there mm-hmm. that I don't entirely believe. Um, and, and there it is. All right, February when when they got rolling, they rattled off a nine game win streak against the Pelicans, the Hornets, the Pistons, the Magic, <laughs> the Nets. They did get some good wins in there. The Hawks, the uh, 76ers, like the Heat. Like there are some good wins in there, but I want to say the back half of their schedule is pretty loaded. Um, And you do see they've got several games. They played the Pistons three times, hymns in February and March, like played the Hornets multiple times. And like they they had some easy ones. They got got some late game. Yeah. I'm I'm just not 100% in on. Boston being fully repeatable of what we saw last year. Nate isn't in. There's something holding him back. That little thing is the 2008 finals. <laughs> Still just grieving game six. 40 was 39, hey. 39 points. I remember correctly. That, that Kobe jersey in the background just won't let him put Boston as a, as a 61 team. <laughs> I just got an ESPN notification. Something interesting. It says Ben Simmons, 76ers reached settlement on grievance. He filed the recoup portion of nearly $20 million withheld in 2020. 2022. Holy shit. Interesting. To be clear, he's getting a portion, but they don't say how much that is. A portion of the 20 million, he's not getting 20 million. Okay. I was thinking because he was paid 36, the 20 was the portion. That is a good clarification. Thank you. Thank you, Don. Uh, it could be as little as like, it could be half. It could be less than half. It could be like a few million. It could be nothing. We'll probably 50 bucks and tell him to fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Still, we won't charge you for the flight out of town. <laughs> it That's does right. set some precedence. Um, and I hate the fact that precedence is a thing. I think precedence is dumb. I think we should just look at what's the right thing, not not what's precedent. But it sets some precedence for, um, for potentially Kevin Durant holding out and still getting money, which I, I know at this point for him, it's less money. It's more legacy. Or at least that's that's what I would believe. That's what I like to think about Kevin Durant. Um, Durant, if you want to tweet at us, I know you're active on um, the the Twitter sphere. We're, we're we more of TikTok people. Get Durant to interact with us. There's no way he's not reachable. He, he's he's on TikTok now. Did you guys see his TikTok he made? Yeah. Was it just him not knowing how to do TikTok? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was great though. It was like the most KD thing ever. I loved it. Yeah, I heard the story about it. Um, but for some reason, I wasn't paying close attention. I mean, I'm, I'm multitasking as the podcast is on. And I could have sworn they were talking about Kevin Love. And I was like, oh, yeah, that, that sounds like a relatable Kevin Love story. Like he had his whole modeling. Like, sure. And then I heard it again. I was like, oh, they were talking Kevin Durant. That's just sad. Like, But Durant, listen, come join us on TikTok. We'll do a TikTok live with you. That's our plug. That's our plug. Nate, can you give us a recap of the Eastern Conference? Just make me rattle off things. I gotta read. <laughs> Can you list every NBA player ever too while you're at it? I know. You, I know you have them. Alphabetical order. <laughs> Alphabetical order by first name and retirement year. Yeah, because that's how you can pull them off Basketball Reference. <laughs> I'll say. I'll say team and wins, and then um, and I am just gonna round it for simplicity's sake. Perfect. All right, team and wins. Top to bottom, we've got Boston with 60, Milwaukee with 54, Philly with 53, Miami 49, Brooklyn 48, Atlanta 47, Toronto 46, Cleveland 45, Chicago 44, New York 42, Washington 35, Charlotte 34, Detroit 29, Orlando 23, and Indiana 21. We have no ties. It'd be hard to get a tie. I think it's all right. Yeah, 
I mean, just just looking back statistically, it, it does seem like usually, you know, hey, last year, Brooklyn and Cleveland both had 44 wins and Milwaukee and Philly both had and Boston all had 51 wins. Just, just an interesting thing that when you make this out by hand, you don't usually end up tying teams, but that, yeah. it happens. So any final uh, thoughts on the Eastern Conference? I have uh, 59 wins to go shave off. But, uh, but I think I like the order. I don't think my uh, my inflated records really affected uh, really affected much of that. Even, even my um, being way high on Atlanta didn't end up dragging them up too much. Perfect no, system. Not, not too bad. All right. Well, Aaron, where can they find you? Possible chairs on TikTok. Make basketball videos. Dylan, where can they find you? In the comments of Kevin Durant's one weird TikTok video. <laughs> and you find us wherever uh, wherever you want to search for us. We're everywhere. Hoops Temple. Check us out. Can you leave a little message for my grandma on how to find us? Because she texts me all the time. She loses the link. <laughs> she loses the target. Go to the bio in my in my TikTok. Click that link. And then <laughs> you can find it on the Spotify link. She's not going to hear this because I had to. She's not going to find this. <laughs> We're on Spotify. We're on, I'm, you know what? You're listening to us. You know where we are. Love you, grandma. Love you, grandma chairs. <laughs>